0: Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP magazine. You're listening to a new Delta X podcast with Ellen Shu. These are conversations with change makers, innovators, and self-starters who have made their mark on the world at a young age, breaking down the journeys of those who are changing the status quo and building the future today. Knowledge is power. Now more than ever.
1: Welcome back to Delta X Podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Chu, and today is going to be our first fireside chat with some folks from Hack Club. So you might remember Hack Club um, since I actually had the founder of Hack Club, Zach Lada, on as a, for a previous podcast. In case you haven't heard of Hack Club before, it's a really uh, big network of high school coders, hackers, um, builders who have just been building a lot of cool projects. I'm really lucky to have three of them with me today. Uh, so yeah, welcome Aiden, Pranav, and
2: Ishan. My name is Aiden Bai. I'm from the southwest Washington region. So down in Portland for the folks who don't know where I guess Washington is. Um, <laughs> I primarily work on like user interface, like web user interface rendering libraries. So if you ever used React, I I work on alternative libraries um, that help improve the performance of it. So I recently have been working on a project called Million, which is a virtual DOM or like the rendering engine for React, um, and I'm exploring ways we can make it faster. So if you heard of libraries like Svelte or SolidJS, which use a compiler, um, I'm trying to figure out how we can kind of use that concept and apply it to virtual DOM to make virtual DOM faster. Um, and yeah, that's what I've been working on. Um, I've also been applying that to research. So like ISEF, um, basically just ISEF. Uh, and um, fun fact, uh, I really like Boba Popsicles, especially with the ones from Costco.
1: Those are amazing. Yeah, um, I know, right. real quick, what's
2: a DOM? So the DOM is the Document Object Model. Um, if you ever view source on a web page, you probably see the HTML. The DOM is the way you can use JavaScript to modify the HTML.
3: I guess I go next. Uh, I'm Branav. I'm a uh, I'm a developer from uh, Redmond, Washington, and a hack lover. Um, some projects I've worked on. The main one is Cobra. It's uh, open source visual programming language. I'm not. If you're familiar with Scratch think of it as like Scratch, but for machine learning. So basically it's just like trying to make the whole process of like getting started with machine learning, like as easy as it, as it is to get started with programming with Scratch, like removing as many entry barriers as possible. Um, that's mostly what I've been working on. I also just like doing a bunch of like fun, useless hacks. Uh, and then pretty much all those are up source on GitHub and all.
4: Cool. I'll, I'll go third. Uh, I'm Ishan, I'm 16, and I'm also from Washington. I live in Redmond uh, and I liked making CLIs in Go. So the the project I've been working on is DevZat, which is um, a chat app that works over SSH. So it's like Discord, but in the terminal. And you don't have to install anything because it works over SSH. So usually when you're using SSH, it logs you into um, a server and then gives you a shell prompt that you can use to type commands into. But I made a, a custom SSH server that instead of taking you to a shell prompt, it takes you to a chat. And has, it has rooms, DMs, all the user, uh, usual chat features. It can display images in your terminal. Um, mm-hmm. It has syntax highlighting as well. Uh, and fun fact, I like Badminton, and I also like math and science.
1: One question is, why open source? First of all, I guess, what is open source? And also, um, like why do you uh, decide to open source your projects?
4: My
2: view on open source is it, it's a really good way to kind of equalize the playing field um, for... Like, especially high schoolers making projects. Um, it's a better way to get visibility toward your project and get people adopted. It's like product hunt, where you can, like, post your products and people, other people can see it. Like, open source and GitHub is, like, the similar way. Um, and I remember, like, the first time I, like, wrote a website for something, and I put it on GitHub, I got like five stars and I was like so happy because people (laughs) were actually looking at my projects. And this was before of course.
1: I forgot to mention this, but I know all you guys, your products have like hundreds if not like thousands of stars now.
3: Yeah. I just put stuff on GitHub, like just put it out there. Wasn't like, I wasn't really thinking much, but then um, the main advantage of open source is one, like if like, People like in the community can see and contribute to what you're doing. And I think it's really great for like making users a lot more uh aligned with um what you're like with what you're building, because they can also then contribute and make their own like suggestions and like it makes them part of like the whole process. And then if there's like um some issue like a user wants to uh like yeah, or if someone has suggestions they can always um point that out and so i think it's a like, great for making like the the users in your community a lot more aligned with what you're building like Aiden said also like as a high school student like when you're putting projects out there it's like very hard especially if you're not like uh if you don't really have much of a platform before that but like what's great about open source is that like anyone like on github can like come across your project and you also have a link to show like um this is like the code and um, it also is great for trust because then it makes it if someone's just like I want to I'm going to be using this software made by a high school student. If you're like this is open source and you can then see it, then um, like and then you can verify and others can verify that there aren't like like major vulnerabilities or something like that. It makes it a lot more likely that it's going to be getting usage.
4: Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot harder to monetize when uh, you're just a high schooler. It's way easier to just put it online, uh, get some stars, uh, send links to people. It's mm-hmm. it feels much less transactional than if you make a project and then make it closed source and then put it on product tent.
3: You also like like if you go if like open source is also really great for like um you know, like contribute to friends projects or like being able to like, uh, like you can like go to a friend's like GitHub profile. I think that's actually how I joined Hack Club. I saw like Hack Club in like some, some like someone else's profile on GitHub. And then it's also just cool because like uh, you can then see projects that people have built, and then you can contribute to them. And like uh, it's like fun. it's another fun way to build stuff together.
1: I'm, I'm curious too. like, how did you get started into this? What, were, what was your first like open source project? What was it like and like what prompted you to actually get into this space?
2: The first open source project I made was um, on Discord. There are like emojis where you can make like big text, right? So like there's like big H, big I, and can, like make a high thing. And I remember in, um, I think I think it was fifth grade. I like to spam those emojis in like the, our school <laughs> Discord channel just to annoy people. Because like it would fill up the entire chat and it's just really annoying. But <laughs> it, it was really hard to automate, right? Because <laughs> you have to like do like regional indicator letter. So what I did was I I wrote up a, a little like uh like website like a bootstrap website with just like basic uh character mappings from like a to the actual big text and it would convert the small text into the big text and now I could like <laughs> spam people online with them. I, I didn't really get any visibility but I think I think someone else like years later, sp- like stumbled upon it, like forked it. And now it's like using one of the, like, one of the major, like, um, big text converter <laughs> things.
1: Whoa. Pretty cool. Yeah. Such a generous pause, Aiden, like very noble of you. <laughs>
4: um, my first project was, um, this project called warp crash. So, uh, I'd been using this very popular shell plugin called Z, which is, um, it, it lets you CD really fast into um, your project directory. So normally when you're in the shell, you have to uh, CD a bunch of times into whatever directory you want and you have to like remember the exact path and the exact naming and everything. So it takes a lot of time to just get started. So there's this project online called Z, which um, stores, which keeps um, a list of all your uh, visited directories. And then it uses some string matching to figure out which one you wanna go to. So you can uh, just remember like a few keywords and then it'll take you to the directory instantly. So I really like that, but I was not using the shell that it supported. So um, I was using Fish, which is a really nice shell uh, and it did not have a Z port. So uh, I tried, at that time I only knew Java. So I tried making one in Java and please do not make a CLI in Java. It is not a good experience. So that was my first project. And actually, just yesterday, I released it um, and re- rewrote it in Go, which is much faster. It went from like 150 milliseconds to 8 milliseconds.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and it's also interesting, like Aiden and Nisha, on how both your projects like, started from like something very personal and very niche, like the Aiden, you're like emoji spamming. <laughs> um, but yeah, Pranav, what's your story behind your first project?
3: Yeah. yeah. So, like, I just, like, random side projects that I'd together, like, it was not, like, anything, uh, like, serious. Like, and and it didn't really gain traction. Like, best case was, like, two stars from, like, hack lovers. But, like, uh, or, like, just friends. But, like, uh, some early projects that I worked on that I remember having fun doing, there was one which was, uh, so I took GPT-2, if you're familiar with it. It's basically just, like, a a machine learning language model, which can like, based on like some text you give it, it can make predictions, like generate entirely new text. So I found a random data set online of Trump speeches, and then I trained GPT-2 on that to see what it would spit out. And that was like probably one of my, uh, like that was one project that I remember doing like very early on, which I open sourced. And I remember having a lot of fun with that one. Uh, And yeah, it was was a really fun project like generally. and other than that, like, probably the ones that have, like, gained some level of track, like, gained some traction is probably Cobra and then, like, I'm trying to think of some other ones, but can't think off the, um, much off the top of my head. It was mostly just a bunch of, like, fun, like, couple-hour hacks. Like, one was also, like, called Notepad Minus Minus, where it's just, like, Notepad <laughs> Plus, but it's worse than Notepad. Like, um, amazing. Yeah.
4: This is also a common theme across hacker projects. Silly fun projects are encouraged. It's it's okay to make silly fun projects. People like yeah, them.
1: I love that. Um, and yeah, it's cool to see how like they're a mix of like useful and like just entirely silly fun. things. Um, yeah. yeah, silly things. Um, yeah, like what is what is the like the philosophy behind that? Um, is, like I think Pranavi you mentioned like hacking a few times. So like uh, use the word hack to de- like describe um, like your coding process. So like I guess. When you're when you're about to start a project, like what's the what's the motivation behind that, and like why do you continue to like build?
3: It's honestly usually that I have like an idea, and I was like, if I made this, that would be really cool, and I'll just have that idea randomly at like one a.m., like after I finish homework, and then I'm just like, you know what, let me just do this, and then I. Uh, and then, yeah, that's basically it. There's not, like, much, like, major motivation behind most of the stuff I do. Like, sometimes it's just, like, yeah, this is something that I really have a problem with doing and then I want to, like, spend a long time solving it, which is, like, the story, like, more of a story behind Cobra. But then, other than that, it's mostly just been, uh, this would be, like, this would be a lot of fun to build and I would learn a lot. And, uh, yeah, it's there's not really much of, like, a major philosophy behind it. Like, it's mm-hmm. mostly just been, this would be cool. Yeah, that
1: honestly seems like a really, like, freeing mindset you know like a lot of yeah. times like when you're building something you're like oh what if it never like kicks off or like what if yeah. um like pe- people don't use it but like for for your products um, it's really mainly just about having fun like oh yeah this would be fun and like silly and cool to build um uh, which is which is really cool as well um and so i guess like another question is um how did you guys actually learn how to code or like, how did you get, gain the skills to build these projects? Since like a lot of stuff you're mentioning here are pretty advanced and you're doing like really cool dev type stuff work. Um, so yeah, I guess Aiden, Yashan, and off if you guys want to jump in and kind of touch upon that.
2: Yeah, sure. I, I think my story is like the same amount of annoying as knowing the, as the blog text. Um, so I'm sure like most you know, like, like my school, what they had in middle school is they distributed like one-to-one Chromebooks. And the issue with those Chromebooks is they have like uh, they have like a blocking software. <laughs> so the first interaction I had with coding was using iframes to bypass the, <laughs> um, bypass the blocking software so I could play cool math games on my uh, computer. And when that got harder, like especially when they started patching iframes, uh, I got into backend development so I could like proxy these websites and stuff. And yeah, that's how I got in. It's just trying to... Trying to play
3: cool math games, I guess. <laughs> I, my story is pretty almost the exact same, except it was, like, I think it was, like, Bloons Tower Defense 5, like, that game. I remember really, like, that when I was younger and then I was blocked. I also used frames, And then after that, like, I was less interested. But then after that, like, I got kind of got over, like, uh, like that style games than I remember that the so my school had two networks one which one was like for school devices and the other was for um the, like the, like phones and like like personal computers but the one that was not for school devices was super slow and then so I just uh so then I also got it um into trying to figure out their network password and then trying to be able to um use like their uh like network for school devices and that was another way which i like another interaction i had with like coding and like the terminal i mean that's like how i like that like i learned a lot from that but like i also got in like but just by like playing around with scratch when i was younger and really liking that and then like slowly getting into programming but it's kind of like it's like a lot of both Mm
1: -hmm. a lot of hacking going on here i don't know if i should put this on the podcast no i'm just kidding (laughs) it's cool math games no one
2: yeah edit this
3: out
1: honestly we we need we need a petition to get cool math games on
4: school
1: Wi-Fi it's like that's Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Ishan, uh, what
4: about your story? Uh, yeah, I started our programming uh, when my middle school had a scratch class. So we were we were just doing scratch. And then at some point, we actually started doing HTML. But then um, a few, I think my cousin gifted me an Arduino. So then I was playing around with the Arduino. I made this, um, this 3D printed box. And then um, it had an Arduino inside it and this LCD screen. And they would also have the humidity and temperature printed out on the LCD and also recorded to the internet. That was a really fun project, which I demonstrated in middle school. So that's how I got started. And then in continuation with the theme of um, bypassing school blocks, uh, I also set up um, my own VPN and hosted it on this free tier Oracle server with one gigabyte of RAM. Uh, so that I could like, because my school blocked GitHub, which is not good at all. They blocked GitHub, that is not negotiable. So I made a VPN that would just unblock GitHub for me. So, yeah.
1: That's amazing. Um, and I guess your schools then can take credit for helping you guys learn how to code. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty funny that all of you guys had like experiences just trying to like kind of reverse engineer things or just Find loopholes or work around um, like those those blocks. Yeah. um, So I guess like how did how did you actually get from that stage, like your first coding stage, into building your first project? Like we already kind of talked about your first projects and also like that first idea for how you got started. Um, Like what what was it like learning how to code and um, like what was your first languages? How how did how what was it like and um, yeah all that stuff.
2: Um, for me, it was like. It was just kind of linear progress. So like, um, I remember when it became harder to, to, to like bypass the blocking software I would make even more advanced stuff. And I would have to explore what was backend? What was Node.js? Like, what, how did I do, it's like special front end stuff. And also like open, other open source projects. <laughs> so I would look at like the trending tab on GitHub. I remember like one day um, there was this project by Kabir Shah, like called snip.gq. Um, and it was like a really simple link short. And I was like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool to build out a link shorter? So my first project was like, well, a link shorter. <laughs> and I remember like the, the thing that really made me like excited about building more projects was, um, getting like. I guess like feedback from my friends. So I would make posters uh, and post them at school and like everywhere in the middle school. And I would get like thousands of visits just because of that and just generate like viewage. And I was like, I don't know, that just made me really excited because I think one of the major uh, ways people get into coding um, is getting feeling validated for what their work has done. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So uh, I think Instead of being linear, mine was more uh, parabolic, I guess. Like at the start, I wasn't making much, but then uh, I did Java. So I did the CLI in Java. That was a horrible experience. I skipped Java. Uh, so then I uh, learned Go, which I really like right now. Um, and so I've been making a lot of Go projects since then and then putting them on Hackup, uh, where people are just so nice. They give you feedback, they start your projects, they tell you what else you can do, how to, how to make get more attention uh on your github repo it's super nice and then you make so many friends on uh,
3: when like the way which i got into like like programming more regularly was like hackathons actually like i just remember i so i did code day like the last in-person code day that was like happened before covid i had a lot of fun even though we didn't finish our project i still had like fun like programming there like i was like i didn't i barely knew anything then like i think i i forgot what, what we've made but i remember that like after that, once the pandemic started and like all there was online school. I just was really bored and I did another one that was virtual and it was again quite a bit of fun and then like I continued doing virtual like virtual hackathons for a while that summer and it like was great for like growing technical skills and then making friends online especially like like especially in the early months of the pandemic where like social interaction was very limited and it was um and so yeah, hackathons are probably what got me a lot more um into programming and making things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw like during the pandemic started, there was like a lot of new hackathons, which was really cool. Um, I still haven't been to a new person hackathon though. So I've heard those are a lot of fun. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully yeah. soon. Okay, so on the topic of Hack Club, I know how you guys met through Hack Club too. I guess like what are some cool experiences that you've gotten out of Hack Club? Let's just like share some stories and just talk about like your experiences at Hack Club
3: we like that like if like we have top find experience it's obviously going to be the Zephyr for some context uh Zephyr was a 10 like a 10-day hackathon where we went through like cities like uh, NYC SF and LA and we took a train all across the country and did a hackathon on there and basically we all there's like an uh in like us like an internet that we all were connected to on the train since we didn't have access to the external internet and so, we basically built our own internet um, on um, that th- really powerful server. Like, it was really fun. Like, um, we made a bunch of different projects. Like, Ishan made Zoogle, uh, the Zeph- like, uh, Google for the Zephyr. It's like a search engine for the Zephyrnet So, you could see all the websites that people published. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just like we were building our own internet during the trip. And it was just amazing.
4: And we met a lot of interesting people. Like, we met the, the founder of GitHub on the train. Yeah, I heard know, about that. Yeah, it's super fun. Mm-hmm. So many other people, the, the CEO of Sourcegraph, some people from OpenAI, uh, some people from the original uh, startings of Snapchat, right? Whoa. Yeah, it's really amazing. Aiden, you want to talk about it?
3: Not to mention, um, I think it was Jerry from Ben & Jerry's.
4: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. the ice cream? Right? I could
4: not
3: believe it
2: for a yeah. second. Yeah. I was like, no, wait, <laughs>
1: people i actually thought like ben and jerry was just like you know like tom and jerry just like a like a random name for the cows or something
4: people and they just like casually dropped by wow did they give you guys ice cream yeah yeah he got us ice cream his favorite flavor is American cream there you go fun fact that's very cool very cool
1: i <laughs> uh, met the og ben and jerry jerry i guess
2: yeah, one of the biggest things I remember was um, like we had an entire like search engine war uh, on the train. Oh we, yeah, we had, we had like Zugo, Rugel, like Zing. <laughs>
4: it was amazing. Zugo was, was made in Go, and then there are there are people who really like Rust and really dislike Go. So one of them was uh, Kai. So he made Rugel, which is Zugo but in Rust. And uh, the main selling point of Rugel was that it's much faster. Than Zoogle, but when I, I disagree with that because it's only like four milliseconds faster. But um, if you would look at it by it's it's like an order of magnitude faster. But in absolute value, it's not much of a difference. So yeah. Then we had like other people make their own search engines. There was Zing. There was Zahoo. Uh, there was there was also Duck Train, which was the privacy focused search engine. <laughs> And the uh, anti-science sur- search engine, because I think we, ha- we also have like a, a science institute on the train. Um, and apparently I was selling Google data to that science institute. And <laughs> Zach heard about that. And he made Duck Duck Train, which is apparently anti-science and privacy focused. Oh. And the yes. way it works is it doesn't actually like, make its own searches. It uses Google. And then just remove the first uh, results because DuckDuckGo has worse results than Google. <laughs> just, so to simulate that, you just remove the first result. It was really <laughs> funny.
1: That's so funny. <laughs> it's like, there,
4: why? It Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to miss out any search engines. Find.zephyr was also one of them.
1: Wow. Yeah, yeah another
4: I thing we tell. did. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just saying, I, I can already tell a lot went down on that trade just by, like, the
4: number of search engines created. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, there was actually a search engine for search engines at that point. <laughs> search engines. It's like Inception. Yeah. All right, go yeah, ahead. I mean, I a know. lot went down
2: on this in the city. Like, we, we got to, like, visit New York, like, Chicago, SF. And one thing we did was, we, like, we got, like, a stack of hat club stickers. And we would, <laughs> we would um, uh, legally uh, vandalize <laughs> the Hell city using those hack-up stickers. And it was really cool because um, we had like separate groups. I remember in New York and um, like we would pass by some areas and we would just see like other hack-up stickers put <laughs> out by other hack lovers. That was a really cool experience. Legally. Legally.
1: It's kind of sus how many times you have to clarify legally. <laughs> Awesome. Um, well, yeah, thanks so much, guys, for joining. It was really cool hearing about your projects. And also, for all the listeners, definitely check it out. Give them more stars. And um, yeah, um, make sure to check them out on GitHub. I'll put their links down in the show notes. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. This was a lot of fun.
4: Thank you. Same to you.
1: Awesome. And for all the listeners, thanks for listening to this uh, this week's episode. And we'll see you guys in the next one.
0: cybersecurity and society.